you somehow made it this far and didn't realize that I have a big family, I will clarify at this point in time that I have a big family. I'm the second of eight siblings, as I said in my introduction video, six brothers, one sister whom I absolutely love and adore. She's adopted and she likes to say that our parents chose her, but they got stuck with us. She's adorable. I love her. But why am I bringing this up? So there are problems that sometimes come along with being a big family like this. I mean, we absolutely love each other. No questions. We do anything for each other from, you know, driving someone to the store at two o'clock in the morning to burying a body. That was a joke. We've never done that. But there, but there can be problems. Um, for example, my youngest brother is 17 years younger than me. And I kind of equate him a bit with Ron Weasley in that, you know, he's the youngest of so many kids and he, all of his older siblings are so accomplished in many different ways. And it kind of can be intimidating for a youngest child to look up to his older siblings and realize that in a sense, everything that he could ever do has already been done. That's absolutely not the case. Ethan is amazing. He's going places for sure. And he's going to do things that not one of us have ever even thought to attempt. But I, at the same time, I get where it might be difficult for him to find motivation to go out and make something of himself because he regularly has to fight for attention. And that doesn't always translate well because the boy's got like 20 charisma with a plus two hit hit miss you know class bonus but his, his wisdom's like 10 it's the D, D joke in case you didn't know but you know he's he's got a lot to learn which is fine he's 19 but in a way we kind of expect him to be older than he is because we're older than he is and why am i bringing this up the point of this is not to rag on my little brother absolutely not he's totally amazing He's super smart. He's, like I said, very charismatic. He loves deeply. He has so many ambitions. He's done so many great things already. You know, he's learned how to make soap. He's learned you know, metallurgy. He's learned, he, he, he was apprenticing with my brother DJ for, uh, as an electrician for a little while. And he just, he's so great. He's kind of a quintessential Gryffindor, but I suppose I can forgive him because he's family. Another reason why I've decided to talk about this is because I've noticed something that you can really only notice if you have a family like mine with such a big age gap. And what I mean by that is DJ, my older brother is 37 and Ethan, like I said, is 19. So they have an 18 year age gap. And looking at the two of them, I've noticed recently that Ethan is not in the same place that DJ was at the same age. And that's not because Ethan is less capable than DJ. It's because I think life for people Ethan's age is so much easier in the sense that it makes it so much more convenient to do things. If you want to write a paper, you know, when I was Ethan's age, we had to go to the library. We had to look things up in the index. We had to uh, put out for 
physical copies that were made through interlibrary loan and now everything's just online so you can put it off put it off and put it off and put it off until the very last minute and then you scramble to to get your work done it's just it feels like to me that compared to people like dj and i who are borderline boomer millennials gen zers don't have to work as hard to get what they want as we did and so it's easier to put off the working for it until you absolutely have to do it because you don't have any other choice because you you know your parents have pushed you out of the nest so to speak and in in, in my family we don't really get pushed out of the nest ever <laughs> i mean like i i said in a previous video that i'm living at my parents house right now for me it's part of my pay for moms for america that i get room and board but for you know my siblings like my brother jordan my brother zachary their wives they each have two kids my brother noah and his wife and their two kids you know we've been in and out of the house because zach and jordan started the business together they're going into that and they needed a place to stay because anyway it's not a problem for us but not everybody has that and i get that and i think also that because ethan has that because he knows that he's never going to be pushed out of the house it's easier to not have to put in the effort to get out of the house now does this mean that i think because gen zers don't have to work as hard to get what they want that they're not capable of working hard no absolutely not and this this kind of stems from my place as a millennial where it's not quite the same because when i was when I was a teenager, the whole digital age was just starting and now we are deeply immersed into it. I mean, these kids, my, my brother Ethan was largely raised on digital media to a certain extent. You know, when I remember walking into the, the nursery one day, he was three and he pulled all of the VHS tapes. We had a, a, a big, tall shelf. We had a big, tall shelf that was just full top to bottom of naked VHS tapes. Uh, and he had pulled them all off the shelf and he was building a castle around himself. And I was like, Ethan, what are you doing with the movies? And he looked at me like I was the stupidest person on the planet. He's like, these aren't movies. Movies look like this. So, I mean, there's a, there's a definite difference there. And not just, you know, for Ethan, who's, you know, 19 going on 20, but for my nieces and nephews who will never know what it's like to grow up without technology saturating their culture. And it's, it's different. It, it, it has to be, but that doesn't mean that these Gen Z kids don't have innovations to add to what we already have. In fact, because they're growing up in the digital age, they're going to be able to see what we have in a much bigger way so that it can be developed and changed in the future. I mean, we're talking like Ford's Model T versus James Bond's Aston Martin, right? So, you know, you, you start off with the, the super rough thing and that gives you the chance to build on it because once it's been created, I, I kind of think of it like me. I'm actually not a super creative person when it comes to my writing. 
I, I do better when I have an idea generated externally from myself that I can build from something foundational that I can say, well, what if, or maybe, or how about, and develop it way beyond the, the parameters of what that original idea was. I'm much better at that than say someone like Brandon Sanderson who can, you know, just create out of thin air, these fantastic worlds and cultures and magic systems. I have one magic system that I just use in every book because I've decided to collect them all into a universe where time and space travel is a major component. And they just kind of carry this magic system with them everywhere because I'm not creative enough to come up with another system. I'm lucky I came up with the system that I did, but I digress. So no, I absolutely do not think that Gen Zers are incapable of working hard or making a difference in the future. In fact, I think the hardest work that they're going to have to do is to, to move past their convenience to build on what is already here, to, to look at the comforts and, and the ease with which they live and try and build something bigger and better out of it. So I guess in a way, the question is not, are they capable, but are they willing? And I started to say before that this is something that I've run into as a millennial. I would venture to say, in my own personal opinion, that one of the reasons why our culture is currently the way it is is because my generation, the millennial generation, is the first generation in history that really has, that really had no problems. You know, we didn't really, like here in America, growing up the way that we did, largely starting in 2000 and probably 2007, 2010-ish, we really didn't have any problems because we haven't had a lot of problems. We haven't had a lot of opportunities to deal with problems. And so we just kind of coast and we get into a groove and we just stay there because it's easy. You know, we so often now these kids are going out and they're getting jobs at places like McDonald's or, you know, retail or whatever. And those, those are totally fine. I'm not saying that those are bad jobs. Those are jobs that need to be done. And I'm grateful to people who are capable of doing them because I'm not, I do not have the patience for that, but it's not just about finding these jobs that you can do and do well. It's finding these jobs that are comfortable for the things that they want to do otherwise. So, you know, it feels like they're getting jobs to feed their hobbies, not getting jobs to live their lives. And it's not sustainable. And it's not, I don't know, it's not going to help society in the long run. What we've done as a culture for so long is raise the next generation to better the culture. It was during 
the Revolutionary War that John Adams said, and I'm paraphrasing, I will butcher it, I apologize, but something to the effect of, I study war so that my children can study, let's see, something like, I study the art of war so that my children can study architecture so that their children can study art or something like that. Basically, the, the goal of every generation is to make things better for the next generation. And I don't know exactly how we can make things better than they currently are. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that it is so easy just to exist now. ADHD cases have skyrocketed, you know, because we're just bored. Because the, we don't have to do anything for ourselves. Even our phones will call for us. Like my mom all the time, she'll be like, hey, Siri, call so-and-so. And then it won't, occasionally it won't work. And she'll just be like, ugh, and she'll get so frustrated. And this is my mom, okay? She's in her 50s and she gets frustrated. And every time she does, I just like snap my fingers and say, rebreather. And if you don't get that joke, then I'm sorry because I'm not going to explain it. It loses its, it loses its humor if I have to explain it. But basically what it comes down to is that so many of these super talented kids who could go out and make these changes in the future aren't aren't doing so and probably won't because like i said it's easier just to coast by to be complacent you know they're they're so caught up in video games and cell phones and social media that they're not they they don't want to take the time out of their quote busy schedules to do what is necessary to build themselves out of their complacent boxes. And does that mean I'm one of those adults? No, it doesn't. Okay. I have the latest iPhone. I have, I mean, it, considering how much money I have dropped on Love Nikki and Project Makeover, it would be super hypocritical of me to, you know, say that there's not a place for these pursuits. But that's the thing is they have their place. We have to stop making them priorities because they're not. They are hobbies, or at least they should be hobbies. And, you know, are there people who are able to, to make a living off of their hobbies? Yeah. There, there are people who are able to take the things that they love to do and turn them into lucrative careers. But that takes a lot of you know, time and effort and capital and not everybody is either in a place to do that or because they don't want to put in the effort necessary to make it work as a job. And then of course, you know, you run into the problem of you may love doing it as a hobby, but once it becomes your job, it's not, it, it's not always as fun. You know, if I love writing as a hobby. I, I absolutely love it. But when it was my job for that, that short year that I was in the process of being published, you know, I had book one, book two, book three, book four, and I had to, to work them out. I had, it wasn't, it was a job and it, I'm, I'm not complaining that I had like this really fantastic job where I was able to work on my writing. No, absolutely not. But it wasn't the same. I didn't have the same passion for it that I had when I was just doing it to enjoy it. 
and again, I'm going to bring Brandon Sanderson into this because he, he has a very strong passion for his writing and the things that he does. And he's, he was able to turn it into an incredibly lucrative business. You know, I have all of his books and I am currently subscribed to his year long swag box delivery service that is going on this year. So, I mean, it's clear that the guy is doing pretty well for himself in his, you know, job that is also a hobby that he enjoys. I mean, the fact that his his side hobby is writing enough to do these, you know, four extra novels that he's put out this year, which is the whole impetus for the swag box things. Anyway, I'm getting way off topic. But basically, it comes down to this. Gen Z kids are off the charts amazing. Their potential is just way beyond the potential of any other generation that has come thus far because of where they are with the technology that we have. They can do so many things. The problem is that kids need to be stimulated. They need to feel full. They need to feel like they are making a difference. And the more that they are allowed to vegetate, to be complacent, the less likely they are to build up the skills necessary to be able to take their passions and turn them into possibilities. So if you have, if you have the chance, especially now as, you know, as a millennial, you know, I'm, I'm, always thinking about the things that I can do for my future children to build them up in a way that they can be productive and still enjoy the fruits of the labors of previous generations, that they can have the things that they, that they have to play with, to enjoy the, 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 the TV shows, the cell phones, the video games, all of those things. I enjoy them. I wouldn't want to get rid of them any more than I would want to bar my kids from them. But everything has its place. For these kids, these Gen Z kids, they need things that make them feel useful. Trades. I've I've said this before, and I will probably do a whole video about this. But trades. Getting a trade. Going out. Making things with your hands. Seeing seeing how you can develop what is into what might be. Give them the chance to explore things that they might not otherwise have done. There was like a a phase when I first moved to Virginia to go to my undergraduate university where I tried everything. And I I had also done this during my, my time at the community college where I would just take different classes. But the university that I went to was a liberal arts university and is very diverse from, you know, high level economics classes to, you know, award winning professors teaching art to, you know, a ballet. I, I wanted to try everything. And so I did. I, I took up oil painting and I was not great at it, but it was fun. And it, it got me to look at the world in different ways that I may not have ever considered had I not tried it. I did ballet for one class and that was a ton of fun. And it doing it opened up my 
ability to be able to include things like ballet in my writing in in ways that allow me to build the world just a little bit more and we can't it's so hard to build things from nothing and the more options that you have the more life experiences that you have the more you're going to be able to juxtapose things that maybe somebody else wouldn't be able to see as a workable option you know that most people are not going to look at the wagon and the train and say i bet i could put those together and make an automobile but a lot of people are able to look at an automobile and say you know what I'm going to build a Tesla. So enjoy the technology. Enjoy the ease. Enjoy the comfort of the life that we have because of the things that we have in this digital age. And then make it better. Go out and experience the world and take your technology with you so that you can better the world through it. We've seen a lot of innovations in the last few years, particularly because of COVID-19, where we had to look at the world in different ways. You know, we were looking at the world in a digital way. And I think up until 2020, there was still this stubborn holdover of everything has to be present and in person, which, in I mean, I'm still an advocate for there is a lot that's lost by communicating over technology as opposed to communicating face-to-face. For example, like this, it's a lot easier for me to talk at that camera than it is for me to stand up in front of however many people and talk to them unless it's a classroom because for whatever reason, I have zero problems standing up and preaching in a classroom, but I guess I'm just weird that way. Anyway, basically, yeah, it comes down to We need to give kids life experiences so that they can go make things of their lives in productive and profound ways. Hey guys, thanks for watching that video. If you enjoyed it, make sure you like, subscribe, and do all those things that you do when you enjoy a video. If you'd like to learn more about us at Moms for America or the Millennial Rant, you can visit our website at millennialrant.com or see us on our Instagram page at millennial underscore rant. I look forward to seeing you next week and I hope that you have a wonderful day.